Welcome to a finals edition of the Fans Eyed View brought to you by Sportsmates Footy Live, TLA, and of course, all of the fans out there. It's finals football. It's finals football, Nikki G. It's finally here. It's the most wonderful time of year. Yeah. It was spring up until about two seconds ago. Literally. We had planned to, uh, you know, record this with the backdrop yeah. of the MCG, you know, a couple of froths, and then we almost got blown off the rooftop. So here we are in the corner of the office here at TLA, but it's a wonderful time of year. Some people say it's better than Christmas. It's all, it, it, it's up there. Definitely. Definitely. When spring is in the air and, yeah, finals footy rolls around, especially when your team's in it. Yeah. Mine's not, but... It is mine, but we'll yeah. get there because I'm going to jump on a bandwagon that I've been jumping on all year. And yeah. uh, I've jumped on them hard. So much so, I'm going to be heading to that game. But uh, anyway, eight teams, eight dreams, one cup. Yeah. But question without notice before we crack into the previews. Yes. Collingwood have smashed their members' ladder record. Yeah. They've gone to 106,000 members. Mm-hmm. Is that good for the game? Of course it's good for the game. Why wouldn't it be good for the game? Because no one likes Collingwood fan. I know that. I know. Um, but if you look at the whole ladder, uh, it's it's very healthy for every single team. It is. I'm pretty sure. I think it was 15 teams broke their membership record. Mm-hmm. Um, and three of them are over 100,000, including West Coast and Richmond. So... That is a very healthy competition. Well, that yes. is a national The only two sport. that didn't didn't uh, break their record, well, only three, sorry, was uh, West Coast and Richmond, and fair enough too. I don't know why, you know, you're not jumping down no. jumping down the gates there to get into uh, a membership there. And also your boys, Hawthorne. Yes. 80,000 this year. 80,000, not bad. Not bad for a rebuilding team, I think. Um, yeah, I think it's only increased by about 5,000 since 2016, which isn't great, but... We know members roll in when success comes. Yes, Richmond, shout out St Kilda fans who Saint, uh, broke yeah. their their club record. They got sixty thousand this year, and I reckon thirty thousand <laughs> of them signed on about last week sometime. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but obviously Carlton as well. Um, they've come out of nowhere. I think a few years ago they were trending at about fifty thousand, and now they've gone right up to ninety five. But um, yeah, the big four are back actually. If you go the big yeah, four, the Cubs, Collingwood, Richmond, Carlton, and Essendon. Yep. all above eighty thousand. So yeah, no, very healthy, very healthy competition, and um, yeah. I mean, going back to your question, it's I think it's good for the game. It's great for the game. I just can't believe there that there are more Collingwood fans. I just couldn't. I couldn't imagine there really? could be more of them. They're out there, and yeah. they're scattered all across the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are a true powerhouse. Actually, that would be an interesting straw poll. Do you reckon there's a Collingwood fan in every office, regardless of, regardless of size? Be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I, I reckon. I'd be surprised if there wasn't. So there we go, members deluxe. Uh, some small talking points here in the media watch as we do every week. The best thing about this week, though, in my humble opinion. Yeah. Is there's no there's no silly media. Yeah. No one's blown up about umps. No one's blown up. That's the one good thing about the buy. Yeah. We've had one week to take a break, take a deep breath. Yeah. If your team's not in finals, yeah. all of a sudden you just don't your hair that much. You're just ready for yeah. some good footy. If your yeah. team is in finals, you're not worried about, you know, some silly story. Yeah. Uh, and maybe unless, you know, uh, you know, you're a Brody Grundy hater and you want to talk about <laughs> yeah. some of that stuff, but we'll save that for trade week. I don't want to talk too soon. They, yeah. The silly stories usually come closer to grand final week. Oh, yes. Um, 100% yeah. a lot of silly stories. But this is a silly story that I found uh, around the doco. Show me the money. Did you get deep on the uh, 
the Netflix or I think it might have been Stan uh, last yeah, year. Yeah. They had the, uh, you know, behind the scenes of all the trades. Uh, did yeah. you engage in that? Because unfortunately it's not back this year. Surprisingly, I didn't. That usually would be my sort of show, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I, I didn't get around it, to be honest. And yeah. It's, it's been, been paused. paused. Yeah. Doco's been paused. Is so, there a reason? Not no, enough I think probably it? no one no one watched it. Yeah. So uh, yeah. you Fair didn't, enough. I didn't, yeah. no one else did, and now it's paused. So rest in peace. <laughs> uh, show me the money. But if you want to do it on our platform, uh, that is the Footy Live app, uh, shout out. We'll, we'll talk to yeah, some. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll, talk, we'll talk trades. We'll, we'll go behind the scenes. Give us that access. We'll, even, uh, day, we'll like. even just go around to tour of the office. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Uh, interesting talking of silly stories. This is the silliest story of the week, and uh, it comes from Ollie Wines. So he got interviewed oh. on Sports Day. Yes. And uh, everyone's looking for a theme. You know, it's not yeah. just enough to like, want it, to do it. You yeah. know, when you're playing funnels, you need a theme. And apparently, Port Adelaide's chosen Oppenheimer yep. as their theme, a movie where it ends an atomic bomb going off and yes. basically heralding, you know, a world war. Um, what would you describe your club's season as as a movie that is a tough question for Hawthorne (laughs) no it definitely wasn't Oppenheimer I mean I guess yeah for the first half of the season it was a bit of an atomic bomb but um I think oh geez I'm gonna sound really cliche here but Moneyball maybe I mean I guess with not so much the recruits yet but early in the Moneyball movie they got rid of a lot of key players similar to what Hawthorne did tried to revamp it a little um invested in youth and um few outside players like Connor Nash. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go with that, but I'm sure every club would pick Moneyball mm. for their movie. I think Richmond's was uh, The Hangover 2. <laughs> and so, like, yeah. The Hangover 1, that yeah. was that was peak Richmond Dynasty. What a great <laughs> yeah. film. Everyone loved it. Yeah. Hangover 2 is like, keep all the same people, but they're a couple of years older now. Yeah. They're contractually obliged to be there. And half of them bail on the project halfway through. <laughs> I like that one. So, and, uh, and if you're a North Melbourne supporter, probably the Mighty Ducks because they were just they've just been at the bottom for too many years. Yeah, pour one out for some uh, North Melbourne fans. Uh, they're not the ones that cop it the hardest time uh, this time of year, though. So spare a thought for the unlucky ones, and it is Eston. Did you know that Eston's last final win turned 19 this week? 19, 19 years. 19, not 13, 19. So that is 2004. Yep. A lot of, do you, do you have one of those lists in front of you that goes oh, back? Yeah, and like what, was, what was happening in 2004? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think it, it's George, crazy. yeah, there's, George, yeah, lots of things have happened. There's since. been a few of that floating around Twitter this week and it, it's actually quite amazing when you think about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, like the iPhone, I think, hadn't been invented then. Or, yeah. or the Footy Live app hadn't been invented yet. Yes, and that's been around for a very long time. So, yeah, that is, it's crazy. 19 years, you'd hate to be an Essendon supporter. Right you now. absolutely would hate to be one, especially when you coach, and we're not going to talk too much trade stuff, but I just saw it here, Brad Scott used yeah. to coach North. Yes. North aren't very good at the moment. No. Would you be super stoked as a Dons fan if your new coach – You've, you poached from North Melbourne via the AFL, is like, let's go get some players from Ruse and whack mm. them into this side. Yes, it's Todd Goldstein. Todd Goldstein is a very good ruckman. Yeah. He's also about 48,000 years old. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of miles on that car. I, if you're it, buying a used car, yeah. I don't want to see the Adonima having 200,000 on it. 
No. And when you've got a player like Draper, um, who obviously <laughs> needs to be the number one ruckman, who has had his injury troubles. When you've just seen Melbourne go down the two ruckman path and then go, yeah. oh, even with the two best, it doesn't really work that well. Yeah. I, I get like he can offer, offer a lot of wisdom and leadership mm. and that sort of stuff. And Essendon are probably a club that need a bit of stability. Um not sure if Goldstein's the right answer. So I'd love to know Brad Scott's thinking behind that one. And I'm sure he will never, ever tell us. Yep. Uh, unlike this little end point here for the week, uh, press read for commentary teams, SEN, our good friends over at SEN, are unapologetically providing a biased commentary for Carlton's finals return. It's been a decade since right. they have played in the finals. Uh, do you remember yep. the year that Carlton last played in the finals? Yes. Uh, last played in the finals? Yes. Was that 2013? Yes, it was the year they finished ninth. Finished ninth, yes. And then they knocked Richmond out in the elimination funnel yep. the next week. So and they uh, didn't even finish in the top eight that Didn't even finish the top eight. So we was talking about Essendon. I yep. think Carlton's had it just as rough as well, to be honest. Yeah, but now, uh, you know, we've got a, a platform where lots of heartbroken fans can come together and listen to uh, Andy Marr and Sam McClure oh, and God, uh, no, a couple is... of our local uh, club legends rotating through the special comments. Oh. Will you be tuning in? God, no. God, no. <laughs> I mean, I need to be careful with what I say here, but... Um, it's possibly the worst lineup for non-Blues fans. I even Blues fans, I think, oh. are like still not my favourite too. Does Andy Marr... He, he, yeah, he's done play-by-play commentary, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, SEN all the time. But no, that that wouldn't be for me. No, no. I'd be interested to hear from Blues fans though. And Would you like it though if every club had it and going forward in the future? Uh, Do you like biased commentary? I don't mind it because, yeah, we see it in the NBA a lot. Yeah. We see it in the Premier League as well. Yeah, a bit, a home uh, crowd, yeah. Like you can tune into live streams on club websites and mm. stuff and listen to their commentary. So I don't – I'm not fully against it. Um, yeah, having that option would be interesting because I guess the one thing that I think all footy fans complain about is commentary. Mm. I mean, I, I, I like Brian Taylor and I've always liked Bruce McAvaney, Dennis Cometti, but there's always someone who hates them or yeah, yeah, can't yeah. stand listening to them. So could be a good alternative. I don't mm. mind it, actually. Yeah. yeah. I reckon it'd be a, a very interesting uh, prospect and one to watch again for the future. But enough chit-chat. It's a very quiet week on Media Streets. So let's get into where everyone's here for the finals previews. It starts tonight. It's in about two and a half hours. There's a night football. Collingwood, Melbourne, the two big dogs, the two arguably form sides of the year. And um, what's your vibe check here? Because my vibe check here is that Collingwood all year, I've been riding on some momentum that I think ran out about yeah. halfway through the year. Yep. Great start to the season. And then from about the bye onwards, they've been okay. They've been very, not okay. They've been very good. But they're being as good as everyone else in the top four. Yeah, yeah. And Melbourne, opposite. Melbourne didn't really do much the first half of the year and then back half of the year have really just shown everyone that, you know, we're still yeah. very much top four as well. So yeah. what's your vibes here? Yeah, I think I was looking at the odds before and I think that reflects it perfectly. $1.90 a piece, so very even. And, yeah, like you said, Collingwood, I mean, they've, they've deserved top spot on the ladder. They've lost five games this year three of them came in the last five rounds so I'm kind of looking at him thinking is it 
are the pies, is that a form slump or is it more of, you know, they, they had top spot or top two locked and they kind of took the foot off the pedal a little bit? Has the Nick Dacos not being there? Has that had a little bit of, of an effect on them? I think we won't know that answer until the end of tonight's game. But that's not the point of predictions, Nick. No. <laughs> we can all just go home if the, the, the body's like, we won't find out until uh, we watch the game and we see well, the end score. Well, very true. But even like the top four, it's, 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 there's not a lot separating Collingwood and Melbourne, even though it's first and fourth. I think only two games, mm. two wins separated them. They've got a very similar percentage. It's just so hard to predict. I, I wouldn't write off Melbourne. I think if there is one team in that top four that can beat Collingwood at the MCG, it's the D's. Yeah, and I think matchup-wise, it's very much in, in D's favour. So yeah. we have a lot of nervous Pies fans sitting across us in a couple of desks, and they're very nervous about how Gorn's going to just yeah. towel up because there's no dominant Ruckman there. You know, Cameron's been okay for the Pies. You know, Mason Cox is, is good, is, is, is serviceable, but he's not... And He's yeah, not Max Gorn. Yeah, definitely. And even um, the, de- the Demons' defence, uh, there's, there's not really a lot in that Collingwood forward line. I know they can score heavy when they want to, but in terms of one-on-one matchups, Stephen May and Jake Lever, they all of a sudden become a huge advantage because McStay's not really a dominant forward. My check is gr- good, but a bit undersized. So, and then of course Melbourne's midfield, uh, we know how good that can be. So. Um, and there is rain predicted tonight. Um, and I think I'm leaning more towards Melbourne's wet weather footy more than Collingwood's. So, to be honest, Gordo, I think there could be a boil over tonight. I reckon Melbourne's being savagely underrated. Yeah. And again, like, how underrated can you be if you finish fourth? Like, Collingwood should be rated, though, other minor premiers. Like, that's how you play the games, you finish on top, you win the games, that's yeah. how it works. But in terms of form coming in, as you said there, like, you know, too many losses in the back half of the year. Only one team has uh, gone in on a less than four-game winning streak prior to finals, and that's that's Melbourne in 2021. Every other team has won six or more games in their run into the finals, encapsulated most by Geelong last year, who went on a 13-game winning streak. So, yeah. you know, most teams come in hot towards the finals. The Pies aren't doing that. Yeah. And even that win against Essendon in the final rounds, they they blew they blew the bombers out of the blocks in mm. in the first half. I think they kicked. Well, even in the first quarter, I think it was basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah to like an almost forty point lead in a quarter, and then just I th- coast. I think they had twelve or thirteen goals by half time, but then they only kicked four for the second half, and that is a typical Collingwood performance. Mm. They they pile on the goals early, and it just it, it seems like they run run out of gas a little bit. They can't keep it up for the four quarters, but more times than not the game's usually done or third quarter they're trailing and they come back they find that momentum those three quarter comebacks haven't happened in a while now Mm. actually so um, yeah I just think Melbourne play a more reliable game of footy that might stack up better in finals absolutely and if you look at some other metrics so no team has won more quarters of football than Melbourne they've won 60 this year uh, Collingwood only won 54 with four draws as well so those fade outs have cost them a couple of quarter wins Yeah. Uh, no team's considered fewer scoring points per inside 50 uh, Melbourne only concedes 40 shots per game 40% yep. uh, of shots per, per game only St Kilda is anywhere close with 40.2 and of Melbourne's seven losses, four by single digits, and only one was by more than 15 points. So they've yeah. been there or thereabouts for every single game this year. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, Collingwood's dropping dropping games to Hawthorne. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same. Spot on. Interesting fact. When was the last time two MCG-based clubs played off each played off against each other in a final? It's gonna be a while, isn't it? Um, it, it surprised me to be honest. We're gonna say the nineties. No, two MCG-based yeah, yeah, clubs. clubs played off against each other in the final. Yeah. Yeah. When did it happen? I mean, it's happened a few times, yeah. but 2018 when Mason Cox. Oh, in Richmond, of course. The plenary final. Yeah. Yeah. I've erased that from my mind. That's why, that's why I didn't come straight <laughs> and that's back. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. That was, what, five years ago now? Yeah. Probably yeah. doesn't happen as often as a lot no, of people think. Not with, the, uh, with all this uh, Victorian bias. Yeah. Uh, my last question then. So obviously <laughs> a lot of reasons why Melbourne can win. Start of the year. This will be a common theme across all these previews. You said, I much prefer a team that has a dominant front six than a really rigid, structured defence. That's why you don't like the Saints. That's why you don't like Fremantle. Mm-hmm. But you seem to be very positive on Melbourne. Melbourne's front six, yep. this is this is like their front six currently. Kay yep. Chandler. Yep. Tom McDonald. Joel Smith. Jacob Van Ruin. Mm. And Kristen Petrarca, who's going around kicking, you know, 0-4 in round 16. Yeah. That's not a very scary front six, is it? It's not. And Melbourne have never really had a scary front six. They've always had like a Tom McDonald or a Ben mm. Brown, you know, um, very non-dominant forwards, who, yeah. but capable of having their day. But for some reason, and this is my counter argument, Melbourne know how to score. You need to be able to, the difference between Melbourne and a St Kilda or um, whoever else, a Fremantle, the difference is you need to be able to kick a, win- a winning score consistently. And Melbourne can do that. They can score heavily. They can, you can count on them scoring a, uh, over 100 points. So even though, yeah, their forward line might not be the, you know, the typical dominant premiership looking forward line, um, they've proven that they can score goals from a lot of different avenues from midfield and uh, a lot of their smaller players pick it getting involved and all that sort of stuff so yeah I I'm I'm confident in Melbourne you know piling on goals especially come finals time they've done it before they can do it again absolutely and my last question for you is around Collingwood and it's the uh, late exclusion of John Noble very interesting yeah uh, why do we care so much? I think and have they ruined the vibes? There is a there is a risk to that, and I believe in that sort of stuff. Um, Noble, he he's played. I forgot what the number was, but he's played a ridiculous amount of consecutive games for Collingwood. Mm-hmm. He's played every he game. Play, he did play four of those as a sub, though, starting as on a, as the starting sub. So. Understandable. Yeah. Understandable. But he's been there or thereabouts. Yeah. In the squad. In the team. But, yeah, and he's, he's featured in every game this yeah. year as well. Um, and I think Murkov only just came into the team in the last few rounds. So, I mean, in finals time, would you really want to be risking structure and um, momentum with certain players? I'd be going with the consistent players that have led you to that place and Noble's been for me whenever I've watched him play I think he's been pretty consistent mm. and he he sets the standard for Collingwood in terms of pressure um, he for me is the epitome of a perfect role player so to not go into a qualifying final uh, without that kind of player 
Yeah, very risky. And should Pies fans be holding a protest before the game tonight like they did for Jake Ginnivan? No, uh, probably not. <laughs> I probably wouldn't go that far. Um, but, uh, look, Collingwood fans, I'll, it, it would be the last thing on their mind, I think. I think, it, yeah, it caused a bit of a shock, but they'll move on from it. They'll just, mm. right now, they'd be saying, oh, we trust Craig McRae. And rightly so. He's Absolutely. the coach. And, you know, if the word, you know, if the big talking point before your final is that, oh, we've got too many players to try and squeeze into the yeah. 23, well, that's a good place to be. So, yeah, yeah. All that being said, who's your tip for tonight? I've talked Melbourne up enough to probably go with them. I'll go with the Ds. Yep. And by how much? It'll be close. 10 points. Yep. I like that. Uh, I think the obvious uh, tip here is it's going to be a close game. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, our friends over at Sportsbet are saying that, you know, their best bet for the tonight would be uh, either side less than 15 points. I like that a lot. Might mm. have a little double on that myself. Uh, and I think the Ds as well. Pies have cooked it. They've done the, uh, the Richmond go. of 2018. You heard it here first. Yeah, the Richmond of 2018, <laughs> they've, they've picked too early and, yep. um, you know, they'll bounce back next year and they'll, they'll win, you know, they'll win that flag eventually. But not tonight. I like it. Friday night, Carlton are back in funnels for the first time in a decade. Sydney have resurrected their season after making the granny last year looking like it's going to be an absolute dumpster fire and instead they've flown back into uh, September action. Mm. All the chat has been about the Blues. Yeah. Yep. Are you sniffing the opportunity for a Sydney upset or is this going to just be 80,000 Blues fans, tears bawling out their eyes, fans just getting to experience the finals win probably for the first time in their life for a lot of them? Some of them, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think... Yeah, I, all the vibes are with Carlton at the moment. Mm. Um, obviously, playing in, in an interstate side at the MCG, um, they've been a far better team than Sydney this year. I, in fact, oh, I mean, some people might not like to hear this, but I think Sydney are very lucky to make finals. Oh, 100% very lucky. Like, yeah. They were not looking like a top eight side for, for a majority mm. of the season. And how did they even manage to sneak in I don't even yeah they, they were getting wins but they never really looked convincing enough and well it's even just on like gut feel it's like what is Sydney good at yeah like yeah. what's like Adelaide who missed out on funnels very potent ball movement very potent front six sometimes gets on top of you in contested possession as they showed in the showdowns against mm-hmm. Adelaide great love it Sydney there's nothing there yeah yeah, their midfield's okay. Their defense okay. You know they had yeah. a forward line that was very unimaginative with the departure of Buddy. Yeah, like what's what are they good at? For me, Not they much. yeah <laughs> they they just don't have enough firepower to be able to take down a Carlton side in front of like you said eighty thousand Carlton supporters at the G. Um, and, and again, uh, I think tomorrow will be a lot more wet than tonight, um, but it's going to be a cold one, twelve degrees, Gordo, um, and I think that suits Carlton to a T to be honest um, mm. they they love that high pressure footy um, or in the second half of the season at least they have um, but yeah they, they've looked mighty fine and I think they'll be relishing the opportunity of playing at the home of footy in a finals once again and I fully expect them to win yeah and the stats back you up here so Sydney has the worst record of any finalist against top 8 sides they've only had 2 wins from 9 matches mm-hmm. Uh Carlton, on the other hand, since round 14, have outscored their opponents by 30 points from clearances. So that's number one by a long way. And uh, 20 points more than second place Melbourne. 
They love to score from clearance. Funnels already brings it back into a clearance game, but if you add some water, all of a sudden, it's a very, very tight, congested, dour type of football game. Uh, the other positive is they are the second lowest scoring matches Blues games. So again, tight, congested, slow, you know, stagnant, very, you know, in, and, in the trenches styles of footy. And uh, yeah, so the only question for me is can they handle the pressure? Because no team goes from, oh, yeah. let's get as many memberships as possible to let's put them all in the microwave, then yeah. Carlton. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I think, yeah, I think they will be able to handle the pressure. It's not like they're going up against another Victorian team. They're going to have the crowd right behind them from the very beginning of that match. And it's going to be on Sydney to try and silence it. Um, so I think that's that's more of a task for Sydney to try and accomplish rather than Carlton. Um yeah, I think they'll be able to handle it. Like I said, they'll be relishing this opportunity. Uh, it's the first time they've finished in the top eight since, I don't even know when, 2010 maybe, 2009. Um, so, yeah, the the vibes are high. The energy is high um, down at Carlton. So, yeah, I think... Can they win the flag? Yes. I think wow. they can. I think they can. I, God, if... I was one of those top four teams. I would not want to be playing Carlton. Yes, very true. And Juddy is going to be presenting the trophy, so. Yeah. Destiny. It's yeah. destiny. I mean, it would take an almighty effort, but it can happen. As the doggies have shown in 2016. Speaking of another team that might go all the way, I'm on the bandwagon. Oh, Saturday afternoon, 3.20, the MCG. The team I'm talking about actually is the GWS Giants. I think oh. they're a sneaky one. But I will be fully supporting the team that I got behind in round one. I told you that Ross was the boss. I told you he was the man to take these guys to the promised land. <laughs> the promised land for St Kilda is just finals. Very oh, – and I also said he'll win home and away matches. Correct. And now he's here. Yeah. And now he gets to play finals football. Yeah. And this is where we can judge him now. And that's yeah. Because is, is this is this not already a success though? Nope. So no, he, no he needs with to, that list. I want him to win a final. With that list, people say with that list. Come on, they they've got one of the best ruckmans in the competition. They've got a couple of the best midfield midfielders. Um, they've got a pretty good forward line, I would say. Um, and their defence isn't bad either. They've for for years they have been adding these little pieces like hmm. your Brad Hills and Zach Jones. I know a lot of them haven't really worked out, but they've been adding pieces to their puzzle to be able to compete, and it hasn't worked in previous years. And yes, Ross Lyon comes in. They had a lot of injuries at the start of the year, and that's probably when they were playing their best footy, to be honest. But their draw was very favourable. Mm-hmm. They they got to play Hawthorne twice, which were both at Marvel Stadium. They got to play North Melbourne twice. I think they only just beat West Coast. They for me, they haven't been convincing. And I'm not I'm not getting on, on board with this narrative. They've and they've also played a lot of games at Marvel Stadium this year. Yeah. So this that this is what I'm looking forward to now. Not not only do I think that Ross Lyons game stuff won't stack in, stack up in finals but now they've got to play at the MCG where they've only played two games there mm-hmm. this year so no more of that indoor footy crap where they played like five or six games in a row to, to finish off the season no this is real finals footy um, 
I'm looking forward. I hope it rains a little bit because it throws a little bit of a curveball. St. Kilda don't know how to play with that, and that is a fact. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I, I can't back them with confidence. Oh, yeah, I don't think you can back either side with confidence because as much as GWS's best football is amazing, their worst football is, is diabolical. Yeah. Um, a lot of it seems to be Toby Green a bust, unfortunately, but when he's on, he can do magical things and everyone else lights the fire around him and, yeah. you know, they could go... In- incredibly deep but also you know they've they lost five of their first eight games and they lost them to like West Coast so yeah. like yeah. who who knows what you're going to get yeah the part I don't quite understand though is like when you're looking at coaches like yes Rostabos has not won a premiership but he's got two different clubs to grand finals I don't understand when you can say like does it stack up in finals does it does it win you a grand final no it hasn't yet but but does it stack up? Well, yes, because he's got teams as good or even maybe worse, according to you, because this list is yeah. apparently amazing, yeah. to the big dance. I'm not saying it's amazing. Um, definitely not saying it's amazing. <laughs> but I just think to be a winning team in finals time, again, you need to be able to kick a winning score. And they have not done that nearly as enough as what's required I believe and Mm. GWS um, for me over the last uh, I guess couple of months they've been the best team in the competition yes they have uh, statistically um, yeah and they back you up here 102 point average in the last five games number one in the AFL for for points scored yeah Uh, they do it in all sorts of ways, but since around 11, they're number one on intercept possessions uh, in terms of outscoring their opponents. So St Kilda are diabolical by foot. Yeah, they are, they don't have any great kicks, so they're going to give some free some free scores to the Giants there. The Giants have out tackled their opponents by four per game in general play. So that when they turn up and they're aggressive, they make it really a really hard contest. And since round 21, they've won the contested possession count by 14, ranked number one as well, which is better mm-hmm. than Melbourne, better than Brisbane, you know, better than Collingwood. So scary stuff for the Saints. Yeah. At the G, not their home ground. Yeah. I mean, they're the going Giants... to yeah, play a slow, defensive, Dow-style football and the Giants have a free swing. Yeah, pretty much. And, the, yeah, GWS also, it's probably worth mentioning that their record at the MCG doesn't really stack up either. I don't think they've won too many games there mm. of late, but um, it, it feels like it's, this is at a neutral venue. So, yeah. um, I mean, St Kilda will obviously have, um, you know, the home support in terms of fans being there, but um, I don't think that, that matters much when they haven't played many games at the MCG, which is a different ground. Well, I reckon there might be a bit of a grand final atmosphere to this one in the sense that it's going to be a lot of neutrals because uh, my dad it lives in Sale, a long drive away, but he uh, messaged me saying, do you reckon you can get any tickets to uh, the Saints game? Oh, there you go. Because he was, you know, hasn't seen a premiership in his entire life. <laughs> Is he uh, a St Kilda he's supporter? He's a St Kilda supporter. Yeah. Oh, and so so he, that's why you're on so, board with him. So then, so he rings me up this morning, goes, do you can get a ticket? And I, and I laugh at him because I'm kind of like, it's finals. You can't get a ticket. Yeah. Like, Two days before, yeah, no, you can. No, definitely. So uh, we've got ourselves a balcony ticket, uh, you know, <laughs> N- nice. N56, just behind, like just that. just behind the uh, yep. right hand point post. So it won't be full, no. uh, is all I'm saying. Unlike tonight, which apparently people are already lining up at uh, 4:19 on Thursday night. <laughs> are you tipping the Giants? Yes, absolutely. I'm tipping the Giants, but I'm backing for the Saints. Yeah. Oh, that's understandable. I didn't know your dad went for yeah. Now I feel bad for talking <laughs> crap about them. 
Uh, everyone, They'll do very well. Everyone, everyone knows someone that barracks for someone, so I think it's all fair in game. And our last game to preview this week, um, arguably the least interesting, in my opinion, Brisbane versus Port Adelaide. Yeah. I'm going to, if there's any team this year, that if they don't win the Premiership, it's a failure, it's Brisbane. Yeah. So, oh, I'd put Collingwood in that category as well. Since, But since 2019. Yeah. No, I. Home and away wins. Yeah. Brisbane's on top with yeah. 77. Yeah. More home wins than Geelong, who yeah. arguably wasted their dynasty in inverted commas, they should have won a lot more premierships before, yeah. you know, Scott Selwood retired. So, Oh, they're, they're serial chokers. Yeah. And, and it hurts me to say, because I, I, I respect Brisbane as a football club, um, but it, it's not even the MCG factor because they've lost finals over the years at the Gabba. They've lost four out of six finals at the Gabba under Chris Fagan. Yeah. It's not a great record. Uh, home and away, they're, they're almost unbeatable there. Mm. Um, and that's why I'm probably leaning towards them in this game. But, geez, when you look at their finals record, it just seems like it gets to their head a little bit. I don't know. I think they're, they're very interesting because they're good enough to win the flag this year. Like, just on paper, they've got a fantastic team. Uh, I think they've had a really good season. Um, like I said, their, their home record is impeccable during the home and away season. If they win this final against Port, they lock in a prelim at the Gabba. And, you know, if they win that, they've got a grand final to look forward to. So this is all stacking up really well. But I feel like we've had this conversation before about them. Mm. This is almost every year we say this about Brisbane. If they just win this game, they can get there. But it just doesn't happen. So... Oh, it's a, it's a extremely hard to predict, but I guess I still have to. I'll, I'll be picking them. Oh, I don't think it's that hard to predict because they just have to do it at some stage. So yeah. they have the best record of any finalists against top eight sides. They've won eight from ten matches. They've yeah. also had the hardest, like the most games against top eight sides as well. Uh, they lead at quarter time in 16 games this year, number one in the competition. If you lead early in finals, you usually win. Yeah. And from those matches, they've had a 13 and three win loss record. So they get in front, they stay in front, they get the job done. Yeah. Since round 21, um, they've had uh, the highest uh, score effective effectiveness across all facets of scoring. So that's about to be intercept or clearance, um, yeah, being the two major factors. And then, as you said about their home ground advantage, they've won 50 of the last 58 matches at the Gabba. Only one of 18 teams in the history of AFL-VFL to win 50 out of 58 at their home ground. Yeah. Including, like, the dominant oh, Melbourne, the Collingwoods the from, Geelongs. like, the 50s, the Geelongs. The, yeah. Like, yeah, Geelongs at Cadinia. Yeah. They're in that realm. So yeah. Port should have no chance. Port, at the start of the year... Warren Treadray's on Twitter saying that, you know, Ken Hinckley can't be extended and yep. now they're in the top four. So I feel like Port a little bit is the, is you know, the, the last time Hawthorne finished in the top four and everyone was like, yeah, that was a bit of a soft draw to get them there. I think out of the out of the four in the top four, Port's a fair way back. Yeah. Having I, to go to Brisbane, if Brisbane's anywhere near their best, yeah, this is a pretty easy win for Brisbane. Yeah. I, I agree. I think another thing with Port, um, as you mentioned, they they feel like they. I feel like they're a bit of the Collingwood of last year. They went on that run of wins. They almost looked unstoppable for for a pretty big period of time, but when that first loss came, 
kind of feels like all of that momentum just kind of stopped for them mm. and they had to reset and they haven't really been able to pick themselves up after that. They've had some good wins, don't get me wrong, but um, haven't really looked like the same dominant team that had them top of the ladder um, or top two for a large chunk of the season. So very interesting, but again... I can see them causing an upset. I don't know why. I can just. Well, I reckon it's because they Port's game is built for finals again. So if you make everything contested yeah. and and, and shorten and smallen the, the size of the field, it yeah. suits their game style. They're all yeah. contested possessions. They're they're all just pressure at the football. And they go. They, they, and they yeah. get it and they go and it's all front half stuff. Yeah. Back half, they're they're terrible. They're the third worst team in the competition in terms of defensive one on ones yeah. lost. Uh, they've lost more than. Actually, they're the worst, sorry. So North Melbourne, 27% losing. Hawthorne, 28% losing. Port Adelaide, 31% losing. And so, you know, if you turn it over against them, you've just got so much open space to go into. And that's with Brisbane, who love to take on dangerous kicks, love to move the ball quickly. So it just, all of it just matches up so nicely for Brisbane. Yeah. But we know that they've been there before and they've choked yeah. it before. So Yeah. It'll be an interesting watch. So looking forward to seeing who we're talking about next week, who who will be playing in that semifinal after a loss. But, um, yeah, can't wait. I don't think it's going to be an interesting watch. I think it'll be over at quarter time. (laughs) Brisbane will be leading by about four goals and uh, they'll just coast on through to another home preliminary final. And uh, that's all we've got. No, no super coach, no desktop decisions. No, into no, the outro. Just the four games. As we look out here now, the sun's starting to shine it's, again. It's creeping in. A little weather report by Gordo. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna wander down to the MCG or wander down to the pub or, <laughs> or watch all this football. But uh, yeah, if you're at the MCG on Saturday afternoon in the uh, you know N56 section, come say hi. And we might even do some uh, hot mic interviews for Saints fans after the game after they have a have a daring one point win, <laughs> taking Ross the boss back to the semifinals. But, Sixty uh, to fifty nine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Under that ten goal mark. Where everyone loves the best kind of football. But uh, yeah, that's the fans' eye view for the first week of the finals. We'll be back next week to break it all down and uh, do some club reviews as well as more and more get eliminated from the, uh, the great year that was 2023. As always, good luck to your team, unless they're playing the Saints. Go, Sainers! <laughs> See you, mates. <laughs>